clothes aren't just clothes. They have the ability to change how we feel about ourselves and how we express ourselves. Clothes are the backdrop to the events that shape who we are. Each episode, we will address in a frank and honest way the topics that affect women like you, women like us, and shape how we feel about ourselves and the way we dress. This is Mobu's Fashion Unplugged, episode number six. Fashion meets nutrition, how to feel good on the inside and out. So this week, we welcome one of my very good friends, Helen Jones, who is a registered nutritionist and wellbeing coach. She specializes in working with women in their 40s and 50s, midlife, who are struggling with hormonal changes, weight gain, obviously hormone mood swings, and lots of other wonderful things that we all come to know and love during our midlife. So Helen, welcome. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Okay, so Helen, obviously there's so many different things that us women have to deal with. So you you tell us a bit more about what you do and and what you can do for women out there. Okay, so I guess you said I specialise in working with women in the 40s and 50s because this is a time that we experience a huge amount of change physically in our bodies. So we have lots of hormonal changes going on. Not only with like our reproductive hormones, so estrogen and progesterone, but we have all sorts of other changes with our thyroid, with our adrenals, with our gut health, our detoxification. And it tends to, well, it can floor women at this age because there are so many changes going on that we need to adapt how we eat and how we live our lives to support all of those changes and minimize the impact of you know that perimenopausal and menopausal years and changes on our body yeah it's wonderful isn't it the stuff we have to deal with really yeah it's it you know it can be such a horrendous time for women and I think there's definitely more awareness of what's going on now there's more talk about menopause generally and the change that's happening and there is more support available in terms of HRT for example But there's still a huge gap in knowledge, I think, amongst women about what is going on with their bodies at that time. And I'm really passionate about educating women about what is happening to their bodies and how they can support themselves through nutrition, through lifestyle during this time. Because there is obviously the option of HRT, which is much more available now. But it's not always the answer because it's not always your reproductive hormones and the changes that you're experiencing during perimenopause and menopause that are the problem and it can be a lot of other things that are going on with your body at this time of life okay so obviously we're we're at that age now and and it's so it's exactly as you said it's so difficult to understand what's going on and I think we're so busy aren't we with kids teenage kids parents work everything else that's happening and then you start feeling this emotion that comes out of nowhere and then everything starts going a bit weird with your periods it's like am I on am I off am I I not am I doing and I think the reason we wanted to talk to you is obviously we're a fashion company but ultimately we we've talked a lot about feeling good and fashion should make you feel good and obviously that's on the outside and I think a lot of the problems that women face is on the inside and I think in order to feel good in what you're wearing, you have to start from the beginning. And obviously a lot of that is around the mental side of it, but a lot of that is exactly what you do and understanding what what you need to do to make you feel as good as you can. 
Yeah, because I think all of these changes, these physical changes that are going on in your body during this time, this is really from the age of 40, all these changes start happening. So is it just the estrogen thing that is that what is that why it is so your reproduction's going and then that sends off all the hormones? Yeah, so so what's happening during perimenopause? So just to be really clear about the difference between perimenopause and menopause. So menopause is the day you reach menopause, the day that you've had twelve months without a period. Perimenopause is that time beforehand, and that can be like up to 10, 12 years beforehand that your hormones start to change. So your reproductive hormones start to change. And that really is the turbulent time, if you like, because your hormones are up and down and all over the place. And that's where many women experience symptoms and they don't actually know what's going on because they think, oh, menopause is ages away. You know, the average age of actual menopause is about 51. I'm only 42. What's going on? It's just can't, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of women might mistake it for like anxiety, depression, yeah. you know, things like that. So what is happening? So basically your progesterone is dropping. So once you start this perimenopausal um, hormone change, your progesterone is dropping and will decline until you reach menopause when it's like an all-time low, zero. And what does progesterone do for you that you start missing? Well, one one sign you'll know when your progesterone starts to drop is your hormones, your your periods will start to fluctuate a bit. And so your cycle might change and you'll notice that's when you sign that your progesterone is starting to change because it's it's involved in regulating your menstrual cycle, really. Okay. It's also, so I think progesterone is like the calming hormone. So it's kind of like a natural anti-anxiety hormone or a natural antidepressant so you might then start to experience a lot of women do experience anxiety at this time of their life because the progesterone is dropping off and low mood as well so you can't cope with things I I tend to find that especially and I used to find this anyway but around my period I just couldn't cope with things as well as I normally could so my, my fuse would be a lot shorter and then I just I just wouldn't be able to deal with it. And I think I can't, I can't do, I can't run this business. I can't do this. I can't do the other. Mm-hmm. And then I'd get through the other side and I'd go, oh, actually, I'm all right. So is it that kind of thing? You just sort of. Yes. Yes. So I think that that's definitely a contributor. I think the other thing, which I mentioned previously, is that, you know, our adrenals, which are our stress hormones, they produce our stress hormones. By the time women reach their 40s, 50s, we are leading such busy lives and have been doing for so many years. And that means our adrenal hormones, our stress hormones have been overproducing, if you like. So we can have really high cortisol or we can have really low cortisol because we've been working, our adrenals have been working so hard that we can't produce those stress hormones anymore. And that has a huge impact on our mental and physical well-being, particularly anxiety and things like that as well. So depending on where your cortisol is, as well as the lack of progesterone, yeah. And everything else going on. And you're still trying to juggle everything and pretend you're okay, aren't you, really? Pretend you're okay. And when you lose it, then you get the guilt because you've lost it. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a cycle then, isn't it? So you're sort of going downhill, wondering what's wrong with you. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other complication is so our progesterone is decreasing, but our estrogen, so what starts happening in perimenopause is our estrogen estrogen starts fluctuating. So it can be really high and really low. And it's on a downward decline until you reach menopause. But your estrogen can actually be higher than it's ever been in your entire life. 
and then it can be really, really low. So this is why it's a bit of a roller coaster yeah. as well. And that progesterone and estrogen balance is so important. So you can become very much estrogen dominant okay. at this time. And that can lead to all sorts of symptoms like heavy periods, you know, heavy bleeding, sort of bloating, PMS more than you've ever had it before, you know, headaches, migraines, breast tenderness, that kind of thing. And that's, you know, a sign your estrogen is out of balance. It's estrogen dominant. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like fun health. Um, <laughs> my goodness. I know it sounds quite depressing, isn't it? It's, it's understanding it though, isn't it? And we're obviously going to go into that. And that's it's why... a natural, Yeah. Yeah. It's a natural change. Yeah. And it's about understanding what is going on with your body and working with those changes. And there's so much you can do to support those changes from a, you know, a food, a diet and nutrition and lifestyle perspective. That doesn't necessarily have to involve HRT, but can definitely work alongside HRT. So you can experience this time of life, you know, and I kind of think of it as a transformation because it's, you know, it's a period of change, but it can be really a positive period of change, you know, yeah. and I think of it as positive, you know, it's, yes, it is a bit challenging with everything that's going on in it. You can look at it and think it's depressing, but actually it's an opportunity the development and growth and a different stage of life and embracing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to, don't you? Because fundamentally, once you get to the other side, I'm hoping, you know, that's going to be, so you won't have all these hormonal changes then, will you? Because that'll be, you'll be on the other side. So first of all, health, what made you go into nutrition? Because you've had a big change anyway, haven't you? Because obviously you've changed your career quite drastically in the past few years. So what was it that led you to do that? Well, I guess I've been doing it, so I qualified about three or four years ago. I'll go back to, so I've always been interested in nutrition. I think when I first became really interested in nutrition was when I was trying to conceive. So I try, we tried to conceive for about three years. I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries and my periods were all over the place. And it was just, it was not a great time. And we ended up having IVF, but during that time, I made some changes to my diet and my lifestyle, which was not great at the time, to try and, you know, help myself conceive. And I couldn't believe the difference. So within three, four months of changing my diet, my lifestyle, my periods normalised. So after three years of being all over the place, wow. my periods normalised. We were, then went through IVF and got pregnant straight away, which is great. But it was that time I realised the power of nutrition on your body. Yeah. So kind of that's where it all started. And then I had children. And then as I started to see the light come out of actually having some time to myself, I realised this is an area I was really interested in. And I also started, I think it was when I hit about 40, 41, I really started to experience some of those symptoms I used to experience when I was a teenager in my 20s, like hormonal symptoms of anxiety you know, I started to get PMS really badly. I started to get really, really tired. And I didn't really understand what was going on with me at all. I started to lose my confidence a bit with my job. I just wasn't enjoying it. I didn't think I was capable. I was just a bit all I over can remember the place. You, I can remember you being like yeah. that. Yeah. So I decided, I thought then at that point, a career change might be mm. good for me. <laughs> and that's when I thought, actually, I'd go into and study nutrition. And it was when I got to college that I started to learn about everything that is going on with your body at this age and all the hormonal changes, because I had no idea 
before college about perimenopause, really, and that my hormones would be changing from the age of 40. And so I went to college and I was like, wow, this is actually really, really important. And since then, I did lots of testing to understand exactly what was going on with my hormones. I made some changes to my diet, to my lifestyle, took some supplements. And I feel better than I have done for years and years. And I just want to, you know, empower women with the same knowledge and information so they can do the same. Yeah. Because it is important what is what goes in, isn't it? Really, so what go what you put into your body has an impact on on you, which you know it obviously makes sense, but you just don't think about that. Yeah, I was thinking about this because I remember my husband and I did a juicing week, like a Jason Vale juice fast right. for a week years ago, and he said at the end of that week, he said, "Oh my god, I can't believe how different I feel." like mentally and physically makes me think about what you put into your body is what you get out and I was like shocked I was like well yeah of course it is you know what you put into your body of course it's going to affect how you feel physically and mentally but I realized that not everybody gets that or thinks like that I mean my husband's not into food at all but I don't know I just naturally think that way but I think a lot of people it's making that connection whatever you put into your body is fueling your body you know all those nutrients are needed for every aspect of your physical health so of course if you're putting rubbish in you're going to get rubbish out exactly and and not everybody's the same are they so people are going to need different different nutrients and different vitamins and things I suppose are they for, for their own body and I suppose that's that's where you come in in fact because you tailor things to people don't you so you do a big yes yeah, so it's all about personalized nutrition you know everybody is different there's not a one-size-fits-all approach and I think you know as a nutritionist what we spend time doing is we take a really detailed case history we might support it with testing you know you spend an hour and a half in that first initial appointment really getting in-depth understanding of all aspects of health you know all aspects of the body to then sort of join the dots and understand what it is for that individual what's going on and what you might need what you might be lacking in terms of nutrition and what you need to get better yeah okay so what would be your top tips for women because obviously it's difficult isn't it when we when we've got these busy lives when we're doing all that sort of stuff what's the basics that we should be doing I know because you tell me all the time what are the (laughs) basics that we need to be doing as women to to almost feel as good as we can I know there's a whole lot more here but just a couple of tips yeah I think you know the most important thing to realize is that you need to be eating differently at this stage of life and need to be looking at your lifestyle and thinking actually you know adapting your lifestyle to this stage of life and the changes that are happening so from a nutrition perspective just one thing for example well actually there's two things so (laughs) when we get to this stage our bodies are less able to handle carbohydrates and sugar they're the best bits though health (laughs) (laughs) yeah so because estrogen affects our ability to respond to insulin, which is quite complicated, but insulin is, re- is produced when we eat sugar and carbohydrates. Because of the effects of estrogen, we become more insulin resistant. So we produce more insulin when we eat sugar and carbohydrates. What does insulin do to you? 
Insulin is known as the fat storage hormone. So if we're not using the energy, it stores the energy as fat. So basically, we're producing more of a fat storage hormone as we so get that's older. that's why you put weight on when you're going through. When we eat sugar and carbohydrates. So we need to reduce and reduce the amount of carbohydrates and sugar we're eating. Otherwise, we're going to put on weight. Because also, at this age, our muscle mass is decreasing. So we have a lower metabolic rate. So we're burning less energy. Okay. Anyway. More protein, much, much more protein. So protein at every single Tell meal. Us to, I mean, you're always eating nuts, aren't you, Bells, to be honest? <laughs> yes. I do love nuts, but not <laughs> just nuts. Uh, not, yeah, make sure time. you've got protein every meal. You know, a breakfast of toast or cereal really is a carbohydrate. That's all I have. Rich breakfast. <laughs> but I'm going to put nuts on my cereal and will that be all right? Yes, Put nuts and seeds okay. on your cereal. What's the, what, what's the best nuts and seeds mix you can get? Or do you have to make your own or can you just buy it? Um, I'd get, you know, a mix is good. Sort of vary it, definitely. Chia seeds are brilliant because they're full yes. of protein. They make you go to the toilet as well, don't they, chia seeds? Oh, no, not, I'm thinking yeah, of they're linseeds. Really good. Sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong one. Cheers. Linseeds are great. Linseeds are great. They're linseeds or flaxseeds, same thing. Because they've got health fats in, in in them as well, they're protein, yeah, and they're just really good for this stage of life. So definitely, if you put any nuts or seeds on your porridge or whatever it is you're having, just to up that protein content. You know, nut butters are good as well. Nut butter's great with like nut butter and apple. You know, for a snack. So for snacks, we shouldn't really be eating like sugary carbohydrate snacks because it's going to have a massive impact on our blood sugar. So a lot of people just reach for a piece of fruit, for example, thinking it's a healthy snack. But that really is just sugar. So we need some protein with that piece of fruit. Nut butter and apple, really nice snack. That's it. Liv's nodding her head. Liv's very healthy. So, so what does protein do then? Why do we need to add protein so much? Well, number one, it really helps balance your blood sugar. So it's, it's about the sugar, right, okay. It's about blood sugar. So if your blood sugar is out of balance, so if it's fluctuating, it's a bit like a roller coaster, yeah? So if you eat carbohydrates, sugar, it gives you a massive, well, it gives you a boost of energy and your blood sugar goes up, but then your body will release lots of insulin, fat storage hormone to take that sugar out of the blood into your cells, yeah? Okay. And if you don't need it, it'll store it as fat. But then you'll experience, um, so what goes up must come down, yeah? yeah? <laughs> so blood sugar shoots up and then it crashes down. So when your blood sugar is low, that's when you're going to experience low energy, low mood. You want to, you know, cravings because you want to increase your energy, your mood. So you reach for that car- next carbohydrate-rich snack right. or food. And it just starts this roller coaster of peaks and troughs in your blood sugar okay but because we're not educated we don't know what's causing it and then you just keep exacerbating the problem i'm assuming yeah so if you start your day with a carbohydrate rich breakfast you are starting that roller coaster you're pulling your face <laughs> <laughs> i'm pulling a face as if oopsie daisy okay so i should start my day with protein rich breakfast like a granola yogurt fruit and nuts lots of nuts would that be any good yeah you could do that yeah yeah you know eggs are a brilliant thing to have for breakfast eggs eggs and what uh well you can do an omelette um with bits and bobs in yes uh eggs spinach tomatoes um you could do eggs and smoked salmon 
you can do those lovely egg muffins that I think you've tried. Yes, yes, yeah. I did those. Uh, there's lots of things you can do with eggs. I mean, if you're not a massive breakfast eater, having a smoothie in the morning, but making sure that you've got some protein in there. So again, some nut butter in, some seeds, protein powder. is actually quite really? a good thing to be, yeah, to be adding into your smoothies okay. at this stage as well. Okay, right. So there's some fairly i think it's it's knowing what to what to do isn't it it's actual tangible things that say right swap this for that swap that for that there's loads of recipes on my website okay um, oh yes yeah. yes 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 tell us your website health <laughs> so helenjonesnutrition.com there's recipes on there there's tackle recipes and you'll find lots of ideas for breakfast lunch and dinner recipes which are all based on a blood sugar balancing diet so they're all rich in protein and good for blood sugar balance, which is the foundation of all hormone balance. You've got to have blood sugar balance for all kind of hormone balance. Right, okay. So I suppose so the two things there are protein and not eating carbohydrates. As much carbohydrates, sugar. yeah. So is there anything else? What about, because I know you're a big fan of um, supplements and vitamins and things like that. And to be honest, Helen tells me what to take from a vitamin point of view. And if I don't take those vitamins, then I, I start to feel ill because when your life is so busy and I do tend to push myself quite hard and when I'm taking those vitamins, I'm fine. And then the minute I stop or if I've run out, then I can definitely feel I start to go, my energy levels go and I, I start getting ill quite, quite easily yeah. because I'm just not, I've not got them in my body. Yeah. And I think because you have a very busy lifestyle, you know, when we are busy and stressed and it might not be mental stress, but you're putting your body under a lot of pressure because you're busy all the time and, and doing, you're actually burning through a lot of nutrients like B vitamins, vitamin C. You're actually using up a lot of nutrients because of your lifestyle. So actually supplementing them is quite important at this time of life. I guess two things with supplements. You've got to be careful if you're on any kind of medication is checking that those supplements are okay for you to take and making sure that you're taking good quality supplements. So a lot of the supplements in Boots, even Holland and Barrett, they're really low level vitamins are not that high quality so I would advise checking in with the nutritionist so making sure you've got really good high quality and therapeutic levels of vitamins and minerals in there as well if you need them right okay but I guess some of the basics you know at this stage in life some of the you know is perhaps taking a good quality multivitamin or a b vitamin complex okay magnesium is always one of my go-to oh, yeah yeah minerals because we need it it's a really it's like a relaxation mineral um but it's also necessary for energy or it's it's got about 300 roles in the body it's really so important. magnesium is really important isn't it and you can yeah. just take that in a good quality supplement magnesium b vitamins multivitamin uh, vitamin c yeah. you know if you've got a really high stress busy lifestyle you're going to be burning through that vitamin c so definitely vitamin c is good at this time in life we don't tend to eat a lot of normally we don't eat a lot of oily fish so those healthy fats those omega-3 fats are really important as well they're anti-inflammatory so taking an omega-3 supplement i think i need one of those my knees are killing me at the moment well i've got bursitis on my shoulder and my knees are being done in so that I need to do that omega three. I think it is, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you've got everything else to do as well. But actually, doing these little things 
do help you feel better and then might be able to cope with everything else as well yeah and I think you know that is it's really important because the way I work with clients is first thing we address is energy yeah because if you haven't got the energy you know you need to have the energy to be able to make some changes otherwise it's too hard work so actually sometimes supplementing can just help with those energy levels to then be able to make some dietary changes. I mean, it's always a food first. We'd always look at a food first approach, but actually those supplements can just help. To get you to a certain level. To be able to make some of those bigger changes. Yeah. Right. Okay. But it is really, I can't stress enough. It is really, really important if you're on any kind of medication to check with your GP or a nutritionist about which supplements you can take because a lot of them interact with each other. Right. Okay. So you have to be careful because you also do the um, the testing, don't you? So you can test people's yes. levels of um, what what do you test? Thyroid and yeah. So I do a number of different tests. So blood tests, which can look at everything from levels of inflammation to nutrient levels, how well your thyroid's working, how well your kidneys working, blood sugar levels, that kind of thing. Adrenal health tests, which is really important at this stage of life. So looking at the health of your adrenals and how much hormones what the hormone output is from your adrenals um, and then hormone tests where so I use a really sort of state-of-the-art hormone test called the Dutch test and it looks at all of your reproductive hormones it also looks at your adrenal hormones and how they are being used and metabolized in the body. Okay so you do all that and then you work with your client then to to get all these levels into the right place. Yeah and also do stool testing so looks at the health of your gut which is you know, critical as well at this stage of life. So I think, you know, I would say about three quarters of the clients that I work with do testing beforehand because you can certainly work without testing, but doing the testing helps you to really pinpoint exactly what's going on and you can be really targeted then in terms of your plan. Right. Okay. It's all interesting stuff, isn't it? To be honest, it's 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 crazy. And the fact that we don't really think about this is bonkers and it has such an impact on your life. And I think we really want, like I say, we really wanted to to get into the sort of feeling good about yourself before we even get to the to the clothes stage. And I think a lot of people just try and fix things with makeup, hair, clothes, and still still they don't feel good about themselves. They don't feel happy. And you know, we talked about well being and all that sort of thing. So let's pretend that we're feeling on top of the world. We've come to see you, health, and everything's good, and we've gone through our plan. We've stuck to it because that's what you need to do, because obviously that's what we were going to do, is stick to it, and then we're feeling better. So we're going through perimenopause, menopause, and now, so we're just, what I want to do is talk to you a little bit about style as well. Okay. So how do you feel about style and fashion? Because we are both our target market age, aren't we, at the end of the day? You know, we're both in that similar age group. So from a nutrition point of view, if we do everything you tell us to do, then we should be feeling tip-top as much as we can yeah things out of your control that there's nothing you can do about you know managing that so from a style point of view you tell me your your style story and where you're up to now my style story do I have a style story I think you know what I found is I find it quite difficult to dress and now at this age my challenge is sometimes I look at clothes that I really like and I think, oh, no, I'm too old for that. Oh, I can't wear that. I'm too old, you know. Does that actually go through your head and you think, I'm too old, I can't yeah, wear that? I don't want to look like mutton dress does, you know. Yeah, and I find that quite difficult, like how to 
how to dress. And then there's, you know, I don't want to be old and frumpy and mumsy. Yeah. But I want to be on trend, <laughs> yeah. you know, stylish, but not so much so that I'm, yeah. Because you are stylish. You are, you know, and you 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 always take a lot of care in what you wear. And I think Helen is also gorgeous redhead. And I think you, you're you very specific about your, your colours that you wear, which is fair. And, you know, I think that's a good way to be because you do actually know your style fairly well. And I think you're very you're specific about what you like, which is a good thing. And I think... So I asked Helen to send me her Pinterest board because you get frustrated with yourself, don't you? So Helen Helen gets ready and then goes shopping goes and, and tries different things on. And then I, I feel that you, you sometimes get frustrated that things aren't right or you don't feel right in something. And then you sort of get annoyed and go back yeah. to the... Yeah, and I just, you know, stick with... I think one of the challenges has been since lockdown... You know, and now working from home, so I'm not out seeing clients in the same way. So it's become very relaxed and comfortable, hasn't it? It's yeah. jumper and jeans, well, jumper at this time of year, jumper and jeans. And I've, yeah, it's like almost I've forgotten how to dress when I go out because, you know, went for so long without doing it. It's confidence as well, isn't it? Because yeah, totally. I was having this discussion with a stylist yesterday, and she was in this. She was in this. She just had a baby, and well, not just had a baby. She had kids, and she was talking about coming back from different things. And being in COVID is, has been a massive change for all of us, and definitely coming back into the world has been exactly that. So, like, what am I meant to wear? But you know, do I feel or okay? And I think being in your comfort for so long, yes, it is comfortable. And you, and you do, and you still want to be comfortable, but you want to look cool as well. And I think sometimes people try too hard and I think try too hard and then you feel uncomfortable, not because the clothes are uncomfortable, but you just don't feel right. Yeah. And I'm scared of getting it wrong. Do you know what I mean? Oh, look at her trying to try too hard and get it wrong. <laughs> so and I, I think it's really important to be in tune with what, what you want to achieve, but also make sure it's within your style yeah. personality yes definitely yes and I think there was the same conversation yesterday I think people try and step away from their style personality too much and that's when you start feeling uncomfortable and you go out and you know what it's like all day you feel like you're in someone else's clothes don't you it's like I don't feel right I don't know what to do so I think it's really important to have a range of clothes that are similar but that fit with what you want, but also you can try something that's a little bit different, but not too different. So when you sent me your Pinterest board last night, and I and I, I love everything you sent me, it was gorgeous, and everything would suit you, but that isn't what you buy. No, it's what I like to wear. And so what's stopping, and is, is it that because you feel like it, because it's not, none of what you sent me was out so, no, so crazy. No. But what what's the barriers for you not to buy that? Well, I might buy one or two of those things, but then I think where I struggle is putting the outfit together. So I might buy a nice top or I might buy a sparkly skirt, for example. You know, some of those things on the Pinterest board, you know, I've got some of those items in my wardrobe, but where I struggle is then creating the outfits and what to put them with. So I end up in a nice top and jeans, you know. Yeah, always. (laughs) Always in a top and jeans. Well, I think so many people are, aren't they? And I, to be honest, I think it's about confidence. I think it's all about confidence. And like you said, then you're worried that someone's going to say, "Oh God, what's she wearing?" And and that most they're not going to. 
they're not going to do that. But it's almost like you need to step out in something and and do the, we were talking about high-low dressing yesterday. So where you, you put something really smart on, but with something really casual. And I do that quite a lot. So I'll wear like sequin trousers with a big jumper or a t-shirt. Yeah, you see that to me. I'm like, oh God, what? Don't you, yeah, I, just don't know. I do smart or I'll do casual. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's that mixing up and not having the natural sort of eye or thought about. That's where I struggle because I'm like, how does it all go together? So what? So I think obviously getting getting a few pieces in your wardrobe and a lot of those things you sent me yesterday we could do easily and I feel like I just need to come around to your house and yes, go please. right okay let's do this that's that's an outfit and I'm telling you it looks okay yeah great yes please but I think a lot of it is being specific as well so that those things that you sent me yesterday go and physically buy each one of those and then put it on exactly as it is in the outfit and it, and I think obviously you have to take into account body shape and all that sort of stuff. But there was a lot in there, like the the, the sort of overcoat thing, the long cardigans, the jeans. You've you've got a lot of it, but I think some of it is maybe different. So you like skinny jeans? Oh, well, yeah. You don't. I struggle with the jeans though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so again, that is. I can't wear skinny jeans very often anymore. I wear the the other jeans. I'm more mom style flare that kind of thing. And I put an outfit on the other day and I thought, this is Helen. So, and it was the high-waisted jeans with a flare with like a camisole and a long kimono jacket. And I was thinking, Helen would look great in that, but you wouldn't buy any of those things because they're, they're a bit further away from what you're used to. And so it's about stepping out into something that's safe, not too different, yeah. but you feel good in. Yeah. And putting it together. I think that, for me, is the challenge. Is yeah creating that whole outfit together yeah so, down to the shoes as well it's like you know um I love your style tips that you've started doing yeah the lives good isn't yeah she? um you know like I was just thinking about one wearing you know if you're wearing a dress with chunky boots for example you need the short jacket or whatever you know to balance it out it's like oh yeah it makes so much sense when you see it but I wouldn't necessarily naturally think like that no. And and also I think when I try stuff on and, and when Liv tries to, when you try it on, you have to try a few different things. It doesn't always just work. And I think that's something that a lot of people do. They expect it to just work the minute you put it on and it doesn't. You have to style it. I constantly have to tuck something in and because, you know, when things are oversized, I have to tuck it in a little bit. So I, don't <laughs> I do always like, tuck in. I've taken yeah, a little French <laughs> tuck everywhere. And I think there's definitely things like that that work. So what we will do is we will come out, I will come out to your house and we will put things together. And I think it's about classic styling, isn't it? It's classic styling. I think you'd look amazing in sequin pants and a T-shirt, but it's whether you would feel comfortable, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It is, and it's so difficult to do. And do you think as you're getting older that you're getting worse or do you think you're finding it easier to let go of your brain saying that won't suit you, that won't suit you? I think it's got much, I think I'm in a rut really with, you know, a bit of stuck in a rut with my style. It's a jeans and jumpers and trainers kind of. And so that's what I reach out for because it's just easy. And because I don't really know what I'm doing, so it can feel a bit overwhelming. Yeah. What I need is someone like yourself to go out and shop, you know, with me and I'm look at my wardrobe and go, right, these are the gaps. These are what you need. These are the outfits you can create. Yeah. 
for all the different, you know, for work, for like weekend, for going out. I mean, we're going out on Friday and I'm already panicking about what I'm going to work. And I'll go and panic buy something that then doesn't go with the rest of my wardrobe. And yeah, it's, yeah. I think you'd look good in that outfit. I'll send it, I'll send you some options and see what you think. Okay, brilliant. Literally, but just like a camisole top. Nice, nice pair of wide flares, jean flares. I've got a pair of those, yeah. Right, and then we've got a lovely long kimono jacket with a bit of leopard inside. It's very simple, very because you're quite ladylike as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'm quite classy. Yeah, Yeah. classic. Yeah, classic. You know, classic, classic style. But I do think it's about style personalities, and so that's something we're looking at doing as well: is to have personalities within our range. So then you can say, "Oh, that's me." go and have a look at it and then it'll hopefully help I think that's a great idea because you kind of want to stay within that style that you are comfortable with but you can then push the boundaries a bit within that style personality yeah rather than going somewhere you know completely different outside and you're not going to feel comfortable in it and yeah to then have loads of sort of ideas about yeah and try different things and not do anything too differently just buy one Mm. one thing maybe that you're happy with and then start to develop it that way right let's see we should do a a style journey for you shouldn't we and see where you start right when you're coming round tomorrow (laughs) let's do it i'll do it next week we'll come over next week and sort it out brilliant right so it's a new right so here we go it's the new year hells yes in a few weeks obviously we will have all eating far too much Christmas stuff, chocolates, pudding, drink, cocktails, Prosecco, nuts. You have Christmas nuts, don't you? Christmas nuts, yeah. <laughs> Just eat Christmas nuts. <laughs> it's going to be happy. my weakness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after after Christmas, when we're all feeling a bit sluggish and all thinking, oh, God, what do we do now? January is always a bit, and it's, gonna, it's tough at the moment, just in life, isn't it, with the world and all that stuff. What are we going to do? What would you say, right, in January, what should we do? I would say just take it easy, look after yourself, and don't go on some huge detox or really strict diet in January because, okay. one, you don't want to be detoxing, you know, straight after consuming all of that alcohol and excess food, because your body will just go into meltdown and you don't want that. Will it? Yeah. You know, you'll live, you, you want to be detoxing slowly, you know, so making some small tweaks to your diet and your lifestyle um, and not doing it all at once is really important, both because your body can only handle so much change at once, particularly after a period of excess, which Christmas tends to be. And two, because it's really hard work and the likelihood is after a week or two of doing it, you'll just give up (laughs) because it's just not sustainable in the long term. So really thinking about making changes easy and achievable and doing it slowly is much better for your mental health, your motivation, because they'll be much easier to accomplish and achieve those small changes and that will spur you on to okay let's make the next change let's do you know do this yeah. you know and it's really it's not about going on a diet it's about changing your um lifestyle and your nutrition it's a lifestyle yeah. change it's not you know i don't encourage people to go on a diet because it's just not a long-term sustainable thing no right well that's good isn't it people are like that i think so don't go on a diet in january 
that's that's a good message no think about you know really taking some time to think about what you want out of life what you know the areas of your health that you want to change what you think instinctively needs to change to help you feel better and if you need any support in doing that and then making those changes slowly and steadily and you'll be much more likely to be successful because I suppose if you don't make the changes it's another thing to beat yourself up about isn't it as well yeah and like yeah on all of my programs we start slowly and we build on it each week because if I went and sent clients away with a massive plan right do this do that do 10 different things then by day 10 they're gonna be oh my god this is too hard work I can't do it so actually building and each week we do a two or three changes and it might be okay you changing your breakfast on week one you know let's let's try and get some protein rich breakfast let's try and go to bed a bit earlier you know or it might just drink some more water whatever it is it's achievable so you know, okay actually I feel better just by doing those couple of things okay let's build something else in next week and so over time you know you're making all these huge really beneficial changes in a way that your body I can cope with it and that you can cope with mentally Makes absolute sense. Makes total sense. It's such a hard thing though, isn't it? And I think, it is a hard, um, yeah, it is a hard thing. And I think, you know, with yourself, for example, because you can, you are keeping going, you know, actually, what worries me is because we can keep going for a certain amount of time, but given all the changes that are happening internally in our bodies at this stage of life, there comes a point at which your body's going to go, no, thank you. I can't do this anymore. And that's why a lot of women at this time of life experience like burnout and crashes completely because they've just been pushing their body so hard for so long, it just stops working. <laughs> and that's the danger. And that's why, you know, I'm all about self-care, slowing down at this time of life is so, so important. It's really prioritising that. I know I know I do need to and to be honest my body body is beginning to pack up so there I you walked go, into yeah. my cabinet last night as well that, that didn't help on my bad shoulder and they cried but yeah it, it's it and I, and I know I, I, I need to calm down a bit I need to stop and like you say slow down and, and allow yourself to I think I find it because I've got such a busy life and I've got the business and all that sort of stuff, you you feel so responsible. And I think as a woman, you feel like it's all on, on you and that you have to keep going. But I'm definitely at a point at the moment where I'm thinking I, I've got to. I've got to slow down. My body's forcing me to because I can't physically do what, what I normally can. And that's upsetting me. It's scaring me a little bit because I'm not used to being, I'm used to being able to do everything. And, you know, being able to lift everything and build whatever I want to. And I'm at the point at the moment where I physically can't. So it's definitely um, beginning to hit home. So I promise you, Helen. Okay. I'm going to hold you to that. This is being recorded, you know. (laughs) I know it is. It's going to go out, isn't it? Right. Well, thank you so much. So Helen's got a brilliant Instagram as well on there. So that's Helen Jones Nutrition. And there's loads of recipe ideas and loads of nice little um, positive messages about looking after yourself and slowing down being kind to yourself which i think people really like too so hop on there onto her instagram and also which is online as well on her website helen jones nutrition so thank you very much pal thank you for having me